This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, summer plant safety for your pets and toxic hazards in your home for dogs. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A dot com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. back everyone to the doggy diva show i'm here with monica layton president of professional pet sitting with our pet tip of the week and monica it's like the weather's beautiful there's so much flora all over whether you're in florida or other parts of the country things are starting to bloom and it's really starting to be late spring summer here we are and then we have those beautiful summer plants that sometimes which i've been a victim of had happened to me with one of my fur kids sometimes we have to be aware of what's going on out there with these summer plants so do you have any summer plant safety tips you could share with us yes the warm weather is approaching summer brings you know all the beautiful blooms out to our yard but some plants are safer than others so as a little refresher (laughs) i thought i'd kind of go over some of the ones that we need to have a little caution with um when it comes to our pets so I know we've talked in the past about lilies, and lilies are beautiful. They make beautiful arrangements. They look beautiful on your yard. 
But lilies are something that, you know, we do have to be a bit, a bit cautious with. Lilies often cause upset stomachs in dogs and in severe cases, especially in cats in particular, have been known to cause kidney failure. So some of the lily species can definitely be of harm. The most toxic include the lily, the lilium <laughs> and the uh, hemerocallus species. And both of those grow from bulbs. Some of the more common ones that can have a little bit of issues from the pollen and the bulb um, are like the Easter lilies, the tiger lilies, um, the stargazer lilies, the day lilies. So just, you know, being cautious with some of our lilies during their bloom time. Another plant that is or flower that is one of my favorites that can cause indigestion and GI tract issues in our pets is our tulips. I adore tulips. I think they are so pretty. But for our canine and feline friends who like to ingest or eat the plants, that's definitely one that can cause a bit of uh, GI issues and skin irritation. So definitely be careful of that. Hmm. Daffodils yep, can actually cause severe GI upset, oh. um, as well as hyacinths. So they're, they're ones that are on the list as well. Uh, most common side effects for those are vomiting and diarrhea. And that can be strong when they eat the bulbs. Um, which is the most toxic portion of particular plants. Um, but typically when it's ingested, they, they do end up having to uh, seek veterinary assistance because of the GI issues. And in some very severe cases where they ingested a lot, they were also seeing neurological issues as well. So definitely be cautious with that. During the holidays in particular, we talk about our poinsettias, things of that nature. But one, oh, and begonias. Begonias are definitely an issue as well. But one that surprised me that I was not as aware of that I even have in my yard is um, aloe vera plants. Oh. Yes. I am the succulent queen because that is the only thing I can own and not kill. I have a whole bunch of them that, that, (laughs) yeah, because I can't kill them. They've been... (laughs) I kill them all. I mean, my house is literally the place that plants go to die. And, but my succulents are doing just fine. We, we have a good relationship. Um, they, they like it here. And I had recently gotten myself an aloe plant thinking how, how home, how me of me to, you know, make my own aloe vera. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was good about this. I'm like, I can do this. So um, I got myself a plant, and I put it in a cute little pot, and I have it outside my back patio door. And when I was um, doing some research for our tips and everything, I came across the aloe vera issue, and I was like, oh, my good Lord. I, you know, I've worked for a veterinary office for 22 years and never heard about an aloe vera toxicity. And here I am putting it right outside my back door for my pet. <laughs> now, is it if they bite into it, Monica? So what the issue is with the aloe vera is like the liquid gel inside um, is not toxic. But what does cause an issue is the white sap on the outside. And the white sap that can grow along the outside can cause severe vomiting and an extremely intense diarrhea. So we're talking like very fluid loss issue. Um, they worry about um, dehydration severely when it comes to the white sap and aloe vera uh, plants because of the intense vomiting and loose stool issues. So getting them to a vet, your hydration, 
um, and working on the GI issues, if they get into that and start showing problems quickly is the key to getting through it. Um, because I guess the GI issues are just extremely severe when it comes to um, the white sap on the aloe vera plant. Wow. And the gel inside is so good for digestion. Absolutely. And yeah, the gel is not an issue. It's the white, it's ah. the white sap. And um, they say that if they ingest this, they can also get um, dark urine. The urine in the dogs will appear brown and it's sometimes confused with blood. And it's because the aloe vera. Very so interesting. I yeah, I definitely wanted to share that with everybody because, again, I just left a nice little toxic sample right at the back door for the pets to run by. And I'm going, oh You're telling God, me this, I, I got a notice. whole terracotta plant full of them in the corner of my lanai. <laughs> yes, and I mean, thankfully, my, my guys haven't gotten into that. But um, it, it's now, you know, not all households can do this because some of, you know, the pets are bigger, but my guys are all miniature. So a nice little riser stand helps yeah. that, but, um, you know, and then it's out of reach for my little guys, but I definitely be cautious if your pet does like to get into the plants and the foliage you have around and make sure that, uh, that aloe vera is not there for them to sample. If we kind of watch out for those, for those issues and those plants, then you guys should be able to enjoy the outdoors without any visits to the veterinarian for any emergency issues. <laughs> I think that we've given quite a list and you've caught over so much that I think you added a new one with this aloe vera, which I'm going to be moving it further into the corner. <laughs> so I got to tell you, like you, my it's a higher raised terracotta plant and I've got little dogs. They really have no interest in it. Nothing's around where they could get at it. So this is, this is really great information. Not that we don't like to visit our vet, but we want to visit them. <laughs> For our annual reasons, not for emergencies, especially if we're out there uh, observing and enjoying the fauna and the flora. So, Monica, as always, you brought us great tips. Thank you very much, and you have a great week. Thank you. You too. We'll be back in just a minute. Hello, everyone. Susan Maria Miss Olive here to announce the release of the second book in the Doggy Diva Diary series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Friends, a story about Miss Olive's encounters with bullying at a dog park and how she learns a life lesson. Please check out the original award-winning book, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, which is a story about adoption and rescue. Both books are available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And please visit thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, protecting your dog from being poisoned. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet
back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. As a pet parent, my fur kid's safety is very important to me. But sometimes dangers may be right inside of our homes. With us today to share some very helpful advice on identifying some poisonous hazards for our dogs is Kim Gablin, Chief Marketing Officer at Bill Jack Foods. Hey, Kim, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Now, this is like really so important because I think that sometimes people don't even realize you think outside, we think Mm -hmm. all of these plants and stuff, but there's things that could be lurking right in our homes and our garages and our cars. So can you tell us about a little bit about the importance of poison prevention and why it's so important for every pet parent to be aware of this? Yeah, you know, I think it is It is a really important topic, and I think sometimes we take for granted all the things that are around us and our pets and around the house, you know, in the garage um, and outside in the yard. So there really are a lot of things that, you know, your dog shouldn't get into but can. And so I think it's really important to know, you know, some of those things. It's also really important to know that you should call your vet as soon as you suspect something's Mm -hmm. up, right? Because each of these different things may have a different solution for them, right, or treatment for them. So it's really important to kind of, you know, if if your pet is acting strangely, you know, looking like maybe they're they're vomiting, uh, they could be really lethargic, you know, if they're not feeling themselves, you may want to see if you can hunt around and see if there's anything that they might have gotten into, right, to kind of think about that. But it's very important to get in touch with your vet as soon as you know that there may be something going on. What are some of the top toxins that pet parents that we should be aware of in the house, in the car, you know, things that could be dangerous to our pets? Yeah, you know, there's so many of them around. So I I think, you know, first of all, I think a lot of people know household cleaners can be, you know, toxic, right? Those are chemicals a lot of times that are very strong. And so, you know, you want to kind of keep those put away. Um, Things like pesticides. So, you know, it could be, you know, a lot of us may spray around the house, you know, when for bugs. Um, So some of those may not be very safe for your dogs. You might want to make sure that they're put away safely when that's happening um, or maybe do it in phases so that you're keeping them out of the areas where you may have sprayed recently. Um, Things like fertilizer that you use in the yard. You know, some fertilizers are not great for dogs. You really need to keep your your dog off the lawn for a while. So those are things to think about. You know, even little things like, you know, um, maybe rodent poison. So I know that uh, I know that one of the folks in my office, she on my team, she actually got a puppy, and they forgot that they had put some poison downstairs in the basement. The puppy got down into the basement, ate some of the poison, but they knew right away. Yeah. They should they realized that when he, when he got down there, what had happened, took him to the vet and was able to save him. He was fine. But you know, knowing those things, right? Just even knowing that that might be down there is really important, right? To make sure you don't put it somewhere where the dog has access to. Um, you know, even things like, um, you know, around the house, uh, things like our medications, you know, maybe we're on a prescription for something or we take vitamins, even, even something like a vitamin. If you're, if you, if you maybe drop your vitamin D pill or your multivitamin, you know, that much of it in a little dog could really be a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, and there's also, you know, also things like batteries, you know, and, and maybe you think, oh, well, you know, the dog doesn't have access to batteries, but if they maybe get a hold of a remote or uh, they could potentially get in there and swallow the battery, which would be very bad for their stomach, right? The bat- batteries well, are very toxic. Well, I don't even think we think of that. Yeah, very caustic, you know, so yeah. they, they can be very, very dangerous. Um, you know, I've also heard of, you know, and I don't even think about this very often, but glow sticks. So we all have them around, the kids have them around, yeah. you know. Um, especially for holidays and, and that kind of thing. So it's really important to make sure that they don't get into a glow stick because some of those can be toxic too. And then, you know, I, it was interesting um, through looking around. I, I really was, you know, I'm always looking around and trying to keep up to date on these kinds of things. And I've really seen a lot more about fabric softeners. Have you heard much about that? So, you know, on a fringe thing? Yeah. So, so I mean, all kinds of, of fabric softeners have, a, you know, typically have a chemical in them that can be very toxic to dogs. Huh. So, you know, um, you know, not just liquids and the and little pods of them, but actually um, the actually dryer sheets, right? The so dryer you don't sheets? even want your dog to run around with the dryer sheet um, and get that in their mouth. And and dryer sheets can actually cause um, pose two different issues, right? One of them is an obstruction if they eat it, right? An obstruction in their digestive system. But the second one is is that the chemicals that are on it, even if it's been used, it may still have some of that chemical on it, can be very toxic to dogs. Um, so that that was one thing that I was kind of looking into, but I was really kind of surprised. I've seen a lot more about that recently than I really have in the past. Do you hear about those pods, how dangerous they are mm-hmm. in case the dog bites into it, all of this stuff inside the pod to clean your sure, clothes? I haven't thought about dryer sheets. I've heard about the liquid mm-hmm. softener, but not the dryer sheet. And you know what, Kim? Sometimes when you're taking stuff out of the laundry, one of those little dryer sheets may get like stuck in something. And oh, yeah. it could be a blanket, could be bedding, ours. And if they sleep on the bed, it's right there. So I'm very fastidious about removing everything because I have one dog that everything goes in her mouth. Yeah. So I make sure I remove everything. There's no objects. They're easy, they're easy access for a dog. And so it's, it's really important. And, and they've, I've even seen everything say go as far as, you know, don't even, you know, wash your dog's um, bedding or blankets with it, you know, you should just even avoid using it on any bedding or blankets. So I thought that was really interesting too, but because again, I, I don't think that I was aware of that. So that's, yeah, that's an important that's thing to think about. Tip. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm thinking about things that go in their mouth. Um, I know that uh, from personal experience that, um, you know, there are things like sugar-free gums and candies, oh, you know, which yeah. people think, oh, no big deal. It's gum. You know, we've talked about it before, but obviously there's a lot of food that goes into dogs mm-hmm. that could be um, not good for them. But the one big thing I like to bring up when we're talking about poison, especially is xylitol and um, sugar-free gum and candies, because that can be um, really, you know, just a few pieces of gum can be deadly to a dog. And so it's very important, you know, if you do notice that your dog got into a purse, um, it's like, like mine did, um, you know, again, knowing that in a very short period of time, being able to contact the vet and get them to the vet can really help you have a, a, a better outcome. And then, you know, last but not least is, uh, you know, you were talking about the plants around us, right? All the plants. And I, I know that I've heard a lot more about it's sago palms. Yes. And I hear that they're very, very toxic, right? That's something that's in, you know, the southern United States, especially. We have um, a and lot that, of them, that can yeah. really be, yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, and even biting the leaves can be very dangerous, right? And, and you know, the thing about a lot of these things is a lot of times your dogs may ingest it, but you may not see those effects mm-hmm. within a couple of, like, until a couple of days later. So, you know, it may have already happened, and then you're just seeing them, you know, them having some sort of an issue that, that sometimes can be a challenge. So it's really important, you know, if you if you have a sago palm, you should have them, you know, take it out of the yard or have that very little um, access 
from your, you know, for your dog to be near them. Because even just chewing on the leaves, not just the seeds, which are, I guess, very toxic, yeah. can be very dangerous. But, but other things that I know that we have up here in, in, the, on the, in the Northeast, right? Things like oleander and azaleas and lilies, you know, they look beautiful in the yeah. yard, but you just want to make sure that your dogs are not getting into them and, and chewing them as well. Well, and it's interesting, you brought up rodent poisoning, and, and I don't know if you remember last year when it was just as COVID was beginning, we had a, a yeah. neighbor who put it out for some things in her yard that wasn't in our yard, but they carried it into our yard, and my, all three of my dogs got poisoned from it. So we had to like walk back to find out how it happened, because we have one of these natural bug People, you know, pet safe and everything. Mm -hmm. So what he did is he mm -hmm. went through our yard. He said, there's nothing here. And, but he found some stuff in another yard. And he said, I think she's doing something for her own yard. And what happened was the animals might've picked it up and dropped some in your yard without you even knowing it. So those are things wow. that can happen to you. I go out almost like with a magnifying glass before I let them out in the yard. Cause I never know what's <laughs> going to be in there after, especially after that last year, it was, oh I think you were trying to figure it out goodness. and trying to understand yes. what happened. Yep. Cause one got it one day, another got it another day, another got it another day. One was diagnosed with colitis. And then once the third one got it, they said, uh, uh, this, so they tested him and, it was poison. So if your neighbors are doing something, have them tell you that they're doing it. We did find out that it was being done, but I mean, it wasn't until after the fact and nobody thought it would be brought into our yard. Right. Well, of course. Well, and, I, and I think it just goes to show you the importance of, you know, you really understanding kind of how, how your dogs are, yep. you know, how they act, you know, knowing that something was kind of wrong, you know, or, or didn't you know, seem yeah. to miss. And then, you know, kind of, you know, following up with a vet. And obviously, you, you must have a very good vet, right, to kind of be deducing all of I those, do. right, when it, yeah. when really there was no reason for you to believe that they had been, you know, poisoned. You know what I mean? So no, it was like really, the last really thing on my thing. mind. I'm thinking, oh, no, absolutely, it was bad grass. Maybe it was the fertilizer. And that's why when we brought the guy over, he says, no, everything we have is pet safe. And we haven't even been here in like three months. So, <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. something. It's good to have a relationship with your person who does your uh, spray and your fertilizer yes. to make sure that you know when they're doing it, let them know you have pets. And also I had a good relationship with this young man that he knew he'd been coming to us for a couple of years. He knew to look what to look for to see if another animal had brought it in. So, yes. Well, and, and so many, I think of the, of the places that do do, uh, that kind of treatments, like either fertilizing or yard work or, you know, or pesticide um, issues, a lot of times if they're natural folks, they're, they're knowing, right, yes. more about that they're, they're natural or they're trying to have other alternatives mm -hmm. so that if you do have animals, that it's much more safe for them. So they're, they're a lot of times very good people to talk with about, you know, the safety of your pets and, you know, them coming into your house and using products. And and that's very important. It's very important to ask, right? You, you know, you have a right to know, and it's important to be able to, to check into that to know what you're getting into. Kind of got into this, but are there like some preventive measures that you can think of that we could keep our pets safe? Yeah, you know, I think the I think the biggest thing is really, you know, like we talked about, really knowing some of these issues and some of these risks and dangers and, and then being able to kind of dog proof your house for it, right? So you're making sure that you're taking the, the pesticides that are maybe out in the garage or in the house, um, you know, putting away the fertilizer so the dogs can't get into it, making sure that you are, um, you know, if you're taking your vitamins or your medicine, you know, I always say go in another room mm -hmm. where the dog isn't <clears throat> so that if you do drop it, because you know, inevitably I drop a pill. 
you know, so, and, and my dog um, is so fast that I wouldn't be able to get to him. <laughs> I have right? one of those. So he yeah, would have I it understand. down. <laughs> he would have it down and it'd be gone, right? Mm-hmm. So I, so one of the things I do usually do is I usually get into another room where he's not and I take my pills and then, you know, if I drop one, great, I can find it before it's over and then, um, and it's not a problem. So that just like little simple things like that, you know, making sure that, you know, like you said, when you're doing the laundry, you know, making sure that either, you know, you're um, checking everything to make sure that after you've, you know, carried everything into another room or folded everything and put it all away that you haven't left any uh, dryer sheets behind or, you know, there's not a good way for them to get into the cabinet. You know, sometimes you can even childproof some of your cabinets. You know, I have a dog that will put anything in his mouth that's laying around, but he's not going to go through a cabinet to find that. But some dogs really do. They like to get into cabinets and they like to open things up. So some of them are a little bit more um, creative. Well, Kim, we fostered a cat. We fostered a cat that was so big, she would, he would jump up on our counters. He could open up every cabinet on, and we had to buy the childproof things. Yeah. My in-laws were staying with us. They thought someone was broken, (laughs) broken. It was in our kitchen and it turned out to be the cat. And, um, but yeah, so we had to put childproof stuff so that he couldn't, he used to like at three o'clock in the morning go, okay, well, let me go look. Do I want a dish? Do I want to play? What do I want to pull out and knock down tonight? (laughs) (laughs) So, and I, and I think it's also important, you know, um, to have some uh, access to your, you know, obviously your veterinarian is probably in your phone. I know my veterinarian's yep. number's in our phone, but we talk a lot about having the, in case of emergency veterinarian in mm-hmm. your phone. So, yeah, you know, I usually do ICE vet, the ICE in case of emergency vet. And then I know that that, because I don't always know who that is um, or what their name is because yeah. I don't use them very often. So being able to do that makes me find them pretty quickly. And then it's easy to be able to give them a call. You know, there's also some poison hotlines for, you know, that are online that you can you know look up that for a very small fee they can also help you think through what the challenge is yeah. or what might have happened or you know how to maybe deal with it so i mean there's there's lots of different ways to be able to do that because you know in a lot of cases not in every case but in a lot of cases being um knowledgeable about the fact that this is a problem. I, I know that that was an issue for when my dog ate the gum. Everyone was like, oh, well, he had some gum, no big deal. And I'm like, oh, oh no, this isn't good. I'm like, let's find the wrapper. Let's you know, look up what kind of gum it was. Let's estimate how big was the pack before and now how big is the pack now while he ate, you know, really most of the pack. And you're lucky that you could good, figure that out because a lot of people don't even think of that. Yes. Yes. And, you know, thankfully, you know, he left behind something, right? So that's why it's kind of good to look around if he, yeah. if you are having a dog who's not feeling well, to look around and just like you were in the yard, right? Trying mm-hmm. to figure out where it might have come from uh, to be able to understand what happened. He happened to leave the wrapper of the gum. So he ate the whole, <laughs> you know, wrapper of the gum itself, but then the cardboard wrapper that was around the outside of the pack, he did not eat. And so that, when we saw that on the ground, my husband knew immediately yeah. uh, that, well, okay, we've got to do something. We've got to call the vet. We've got to find out what to do. And then Thankfully, because we did within probably an hour of him ingesting it, um, that was very helpful. And so then he, you know, made it through the three or four days that it takes for you to find out how they're going to do. So, yeah. so it's really important to be able to know, you know, to, and to call and to ask and find out what that, what, what, what to do, right? What to do next and how to be safe about it. it. You have to, it's like you have to be one step ahead and you also have to be very aware. It's like people, who, and there's nothing wrong with leaving your pets outside to have them play around. We have a very small yard that they could play in. But I, I mm-hmm. monitor everything and actually what um, my husband and I are doing, we're going to have that whole thing redone and put in grass, like pet grass. It's specialized oh, yes. for pets so that it's going to kind of keep the... Uh, the things that come into the grass or may travel into our yard. We live on a preserve, so we have three sets of gates. So we're going to put another mm-hmm. thing in the gate so that 
so that they can't figure out how to get in so that the, the outside, the little animals outside, not that we don't love them, but we don't love sometimes what they bring us doing it like this whole pet safe thing in our yard. So that's what's going to be going on in the next couple of months at my house. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I think it's important to know like the demeanor of your dog, right? I know that Blizzard, he will get into anything. You know, if you put a plate down, he wants to know what's on it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you get up, he's going to be going after it if you haven't moved it, right? (laughs) So, you know, if you know that you have a dog that's particularly interested in all those kinds of things, I know my my dog uh, before Blizzard, Desiree, Desi, she didn't care so much about those things. You know, so, so again, you know, if you have a dog that is more likely to get into something that you drop or that you leave behind, it's very, very important, right, to start thinking about, well, how do you, you know, if you're having a party, how do you get everybody's mm-hmm. purses in another room that's kind of locked up where the dog isn't so that they can't get into their purse, right, and maybe eat something that they shouldn't. So Absolutely. those are the kinds of things that you might have to think about, you know, depending on, again, depending on the activity level and the interest of your dog to get into all those things, too. But you just never know, right? So that's why it's important to, to be prepared. Exactly. Now- all the things we're talking about prevention. What, like, what are some things that we could think of? Some key nutrition things to to keep our dogs healthy. Yeah, so I think you're on the other side of it. Just like you're saying, it's important to think about you know the their foundation of health, right? And and food is always at the start of kind of how you know how can you help them be as healthy as they can be. And so it's important to you know to feed a dog food that is you know a, a age appropriate. And that is, you know, that has a meat ingredient, you know, meat or fish ingredient as the first ingredient. So I know at Bill Jack, we use chicken. And so chicken is our number one ingredient. And we use fresh chicken. So not not chicken, not, you know, we don't have a chicken meal as our first ingredient. We have fresh chicken. And we use 25 pounds of fresh chicken to make a 30-pound bag of dog food. So we think that that is really, really important. Um, and really key to helping dogs live a healthy life because they get a lot of nutrients from that protein that's in that food that's really critical that they can't get anywhere else, right? Their body can't make it. They have to get it from their food that they eat every day. So that, so getting on them a good, solid food that they're on and, you know, and trying to minimize the amount of other things you give them and the extra calories, you know, if you if you want to treat them, you know, find some great dog treats that are appropriate so that you're not going to get into any kind of poisoning trouble, right? You know, so mm-hmm. that they don't get any maybe onions or garlic or, you know, yeast dough, you know, things that are not good for them, chocolate, those kinds of things. You don't want them to have any of that accidentally in the meals that you're feeding them. Well, and again, I always talk about my little Bill Jack, uh, the little Jacks. I, I'm afraid to touch the bag because they're going to hear it. They're, they're all lying down right now in the studio, so I don't want to move the bag. But I have them with me at all times because it's low calorie. It's very savory, so it gets their attention and it, it satisfies them. So I don't have to worry about, I'm confident that I'm giving them something that is healthy and that is also low in calories. And it also, whatever it is they're looking for, it it scratches their itch. So I love. Yes, it's I always love so those. exciting, right? It's always so exciting to give them something that they get excited about. Oh, yeah. you know, I know that. Um, I know that when I get home, when I get home from work, I know that Blizzard's usually waiting for me. And when I get home from work, he sits down right next to where his treats are <laughs> and waits. <laughs> and so, so my husband and daughter were telling me the other day, he has you trained. <laughs> and that's how and I'm, like, that's I'm what okay it's with all that. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Oh, that's all. now, Kim. Where can the listeners go to learn more about Bill Jack? And Bill Jack has some of these uh, poison prevention tips up on their website. 
website, don't they? Yeah, you know, come out to our website at billjack.com. It's B-I-L-J-A-C.com. And we've got under the pet parent section, we've got a blog. And you can just, and even from the main homepage, you can actually go to the search bar and type in, um, you know, poison prevention. And you'll get some articles to be able to tell you a little bit more in depth about what we're talking about today. Um, and we've also got some great uh, other information in there. For example, you can join our Best Friends Club and we mail, you know, email you out some articles every month, like, you know, maybe once or twice a month, we'll send you yep. um, what's what we've been talking about or learning about. You know, there might have been poison prevention in there this month even. So there's lots of different information that we try to send out to keep everybody up to date on the latest things that are going on with dogs. You know, not just nutrition, but all kinds of other things as well. Well, and everyone can go to BillJack.com to find that. And you've also got social media. I mean, there's a lot up there for everyone who is looking to find out not only to learn about all this, but where to get um, the BillJack food and treats. I want to thank you for being our guest and for sharing these really valuable tips and this information with us for pet parents so that it brings a certain level of awareness to some poisonous things we didn't even know. Like you taught me about the dryer sheets. I like, I'm totally, I'm totally like on board with that. And for just hazards around our homes, our cars, you know, our yards. So I thank you for that. And, uh, and thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much. And a little bit of prevention can really make a big difference in the health of your pets. So I'm glad everybody can stay safe out there. Thanks. I agree. So thank you. We'll be back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, Please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and The Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.